Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Mesidian Legend Podcast. My name is David, and uh, each week I'm joined by Alex. Say hello, Alex. You think you're so funny. <laughs> so before we started this episode, David was making fun of me, so I wanted to to kind of razz him a little bit. So if it's your first time listening, we uh, we generally go over our locals' experience and all of our deck lists and stuff. Uh, and how we can improve our play for the future. But this week, we did not go to locals. I was home with the flu, and David is a weenie. So we're just going to be talking about the a couple of decks that we've been testing against each other, and then uh, if we have time, we're also going to get into some spoilers. Uh, how's that sound, David? Sounds great. But listen, I, if you're not going to locals, I'm not going to locals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we've, we're having a, sh- a small turnout lately anyway, so it's harder to fire if we don't get the the hardcore people out anyway so yeah. i mean me and you basically run the show so yeah without what? us there is there is no locals without oh, us oh yeah we're we're celebrities i'm sure so uh before we get started we're gonna mention our usual deal for the listeners if you shop at cards of Evilies for your singles you can use the promo code porum palum 10 for your purchase and when you do that it shows that you support them as city post and it gets you a nice discount on your order. So use that promo code PORIMPALUM10 at cardsofevilies.com. Y'all wouldn't uh, know it by the way he sounds, but Alex has been dying for the past like five weeks, and he won't go to the doctor. But this is the most energetic and happy I've heard him in. It's probably since the last time we recorded. Yeah, well, you know, I'm just kind of I'm ramping it up for the the uh the pod and then i'm gonna slink back up back into my chair and and uh instantly right back to bed and just like moan for the rest of the day (laughs) okay so let's get into the (laughs) tmi bro okay so we're gonna start with the deck that i've been playing a lot of it's an ice wind deck and it is final fantasy 14 14 themed which is a a game that i've been playing a lot of recently so the deck is like pretty much a wind ice split down the middle um and the central theme is that you want to play can senna the whole package the seed seer package so that's your arun senna will search the the canny forward in the backup uh so that you can kind of get going efficiently and then she can't be targeted by abilities uh but this deck gives you access to varus who when played with uh three different types of cp can search anything and his um action ability is to recur a final fantasy 14 forward so this gives the deck something it didn't necessarily have before which is uh, a way to recur Kanisena, and then of course that also works on other 14 forwards like Yishtola. So that's kind of like the idea. So I thought, okay, I need to get my third CP in, and I th- I put the class 8th Moogle in Wind, which produces Earth CP, and then for good measure I slapped three Cecil Legends into the deck. So we have three Earth cards, just three Cecils for the EX Burst and for removal, and we have three class 8th Moogles to get that Earth CP um, so sounds pretty good, right? Um, <laughs> the problem is that Varus doesn't always, uh, fire. He's actually very difficult to set up. I really like him for that action ability, but you can't play a three CB backup that doesn't do anything. So oftentimes he gets lost, but right now this is a fun deck. Um, so I'm going to keep playing Varus 
the rest of the deck is actually working very smoothly and it, the Cecil has been great so far. Um, oh, and I also do have a Nidhogg to be able to be brought back with the Varus as well, although that's a very expensive move. So David, you've been playing against the deck the last little bit in our playtesting. What have you thought? Um, it's very frustrating to play against, so that's you know, a sign that it's a pretty good deck. It's um it's debilitating because you do run cards like um Sarah discard, um three CP Zidon, uh, Garland, Nine, Squall, Sephiroth, Vane, um seven CP Sephiroth, obviously. Um I think I said that. Uh and you can uh flicker them with Brunoa and with you got wind, so I mean wind just values you to no end with, you know, free Diabolos and stuff and Kenny Senna being a pseudo pain and reactivating all your backups and being a 9k untargetable. Um, it's really frustrating to play against, which I'm sure that's kind of what you're going for. Oh, and Scale Toad as well. Yeah. Um, so I'm discarding every single goddamn turn. Um, yeah, it's frustrating. It's good. And I'm interested to see how it performs at like a local on a local level. Yeah, so there's the Nagmalata searches a scale toad or the death gaze nine there's your nine card um and then otherwise it's got discard it's got um it's got a boatload of removal because you have diabolos zelira glacia death gaze nidhogg yasmat cecil squall and then of course the i mean the one of the best things that you have in wind ice is your fina renoa combo and we have one devout to kind of get that um to be able to devout in a Renoa so that you can um, mess up people's plans with some recursion on Nidhogg or whatever forward you want. Um, so just generally, um, if you want to try this deck, you want to set up your Ice Wind Earth backups and the Seed Seer package as quickly as possible and then get a Scale Toad out. And then at that point, it's just kind of kind of like wind stuff where you're flooding the board and getting in your shoulder down and and if you need a one-sided board clear you have renoa to combo with a bunch of stuff so it's pretty pretty simple but just really fun to play it's a really a deck that you're not going to make a lot of friends with like if i didn't know you i don't know if i would talk to you ever again <laughs> i don't know if i'd go that far I, I, you know because it's not like a full you've never discard. been on this side <laughs> Well, I've, I've played it. Like, if you play against a lot of the Wind Ice decks we've seen in the meta, they really get after. Like, they're um, super, super uh, aggressive with discard, and they have a lot of um, non-fun things. But this, this has some of those things. It's not fun. <laughs> okay, let's, uh, let's move on to your deck then. All right, so I'm playing a Water Wind <laughs> deck. You know, YRP. Ever heard of it? Yeah, except this is um, the. I'm not gonna say I don't, this isn't a bad thing. It's but it's like the hardest way to play YRP. Uh, yeah, it's not the easiest. So I'm playing a light unit deck. Um, when light unit was released back in Opus Seven, I pulled two from my uh, from my box, but I ended up trading them for. I don't know, Yuri's or something. Basically, because I, I had started around like Opus 6, Opus 7, so my collection was still really wanting. So when I pulled the two light units, I kind of traded them for things that I... more staples that I needed to kind of fill my collection out a little bit. That's so when hard. I finally got... Yeah, right? 
But then I always wanted to build a light unit deck. So now that I finally ended up getting some light units, I was finally able to build this deck. Um, so it's got your YRP. So you got um, two, two of the light units, three of the um, uh, value paints from Opus One, one of the searcher paints, um, and it's got three of forward the forward Rikus from the starter deck. Now, why would you do that? Because um, you know, I think that's a really difficult card to get rid of. You know, if Yuna's around, it's an 8k. It's plus 2k power. It can't be chosen by summons. If there's a pain around, it's a 10k and can't be chosen by abilities as well. So 10k, they can't be chosen by stuff. You, you kind of have to go through two bodyguards to try and get to Riku, which is a big, big body there. And then with the way that Yuna can just keep coming back from the break zone, um... Pretty much, Riku can never be targeted by summons because you always want to have Yuna on the field. Yeah, uh, it feels it feels really bad to remove the Yuna for multiple reasons um, because you just bring it back. And so, those of you that don't know this Riku, you probably know the pain. Uh, they're from the same starter deck, but the, the Riku's from the Opus One starter deck, so it's a pretty pretty old card that hasn't seen play in a long, long, long time. But you remove this unit, it just comes back. Uh, but there's also another card from that starter deck that David's going to talk about in a sec that makes it uh, very it, it deters you in a big way from removing the unit. Right, and that would be another card from the Opus One starter deck. It's six CP Titus. Um, so 6 T- uh, CP Tetis reads, uh, the cost to acquire Tetis on the, play Tetis on the field, it's reduced by one for each category 10 forward you control. So that's Yuna, Pain, Riku. Um, so really it could just be a three drop, 9k. And if you control card name Muta, um, Tetis gains Brave. And when Yuna is put from the field to the break zone, you draw two cards. So that's nuts, right? So oh, if yeah. I fanfret my own Yuna, I'm drawing two cards. And then I can just bring back um, Yuna right away, giving Titus Brave again. Um, and what's the most that you've paid to play Titus onto the field? Um, the most I've played, the most I've ever spent on Titus was five. Five, okay, which is terrible. That's, and like... that's still no, absolutely, that's still on curve. Like you're playing a nine k for five CP, so that's exactly on curve. Yeah, no ETB, but you know, if no ETB, can... which is fair. Yeah, you get them down to three. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. Yeah, but yeah, that's definitely a fun thing. You enter combat, you swing with Titus with Brave. People aren't gonna really want to block that. Um, and then if they do, you can fanfret your own Yuna and draw two cards off of it. It just generates a lot of uh, a lot a lot of card draw. Um, and then just to kind of fill things out, you got. Fina of three of the Finas, of course, because Veil for Fina is kind of my kill condition. Um, three of the three CPs that on because I need Final Fantasy nine cards, and one of the starter deck Garnet to help me. Su- Basically, this is a fun play that my old f- friend. I'll plug his channel a little bit, get him back on FFTCG. Josepher um, kind of taught me in one of his videos was to completely ditch your hand. And except for the resources to play Garnet, play the Garnet, and then she searches up a one CP summon Poo Poo, discard one card, yeah. then draw two cards. So basically, it's a three CP five K body that you draw two cards off. Of. Sounds That's pretty, pretty good. good. Sounds pretty good. Sounds good to me. <clears throat> um, 
obviously I'm running a lot of summons in this deck, so Poo Poo, uh, one CP Leviathan, one CP Kukulain, because if Yuna, if I flip, flip in a summons on the top of my deck with Light Yuna, I don't really want to be spending a heck of a lot of CP on that. Um, three Veil Four, three Fanfrit, uh, two Diabolos, and then backups are pretty, pretty standard for Weewa, except for they don't have a Yuna. Well, there's Yuna a few Rikus. things. A few things here. Oh, so f- first of all, how many what? summons total is that? I'm running oh, summons. I'm running 13 summons. 13. 13 summons. That's a lot. <laughs> so you're going to be able to use Yuna's ability four times. Well, I mean, you kind of have to be able to, right? Yeah, well, <laughs> exactly. The whole, Exa- oh, exactly. you got to build around that. Yeah. And I feel like you've used it maybe three times when we played. I wasn't keeping like, track, but yeah, it needs to get right back on the field. There were some games where it just came back multiple times. Like it was... It was crazy. And then the one game where you were able to remove both of them from the game, like that's it. I can't come back from that. Like game over. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I know. I got. I got. I. I had a good. Uh, I got lucky there. Now, if someone tries to remove it from the game, you could. Can you stack the recursion of it? Oh, but it's only in your main phase, so they're gonna do it during their turn. Right? On their turn. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 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 Cool. <laughs> Unless I somehow am able to get a Phoenix in here, a 4CP Phoenix, but I don't okay. know if that's worth it. <laughs> now, looking at your backups, you've got 2CP Waka, the power booster, and that affects quite a few cards, so that's good. Uh, yeah, that affects most of my main uh, forwards. It makes Yuna quasi-threatening. Um, It'll bring her up to a 7K. So and that's stops. important. That's pretty That's pretty. Sweet. That's a pretty big jump, yeah. 6K okay, to 7K. What's the, what's the other Yuna combo that you have? Uh, here with Ast- Astrologian. So I'm running the three. Of, you need to run three, three of the uh, Opus Six Astrologian. Reveal the top card of your deck if it's a backup. Add it to your hand by dulling it. Um, so basically, what you do, you got Yuna. Her ability costs zero, so you flip the top one. If it's a summon, cast it. Sure, if you want. Um, but if it's a backup, you can tap, 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 dull Astrologian, and uh, pick that card up to your hand. So. It's another uh, card draw engine. So you just keep trying to draw those backups or cast those summons. Yeah, and those backups are going to be CP because you'll have set up. But um, that Astrologian, I think it's pronounced right. Uh, oh, my goodness. Like, it's surprising how, because you can do this Yuna ability once, once per turn, and it's great. Like, if you you can check your EX bursts and stuff, you can... You can pop it, oh, it's a backup, and bring it into my hand. All of a sudden, it's like you drew three cards your next turn, and those were two forwards, and you don't have to pitch one for CP anymore because you drew that that third card, the backup, and uh, lets you kind of combo more, which is nice. Yeah, it's cool. Kind of quasi-drawing optimistically four cards for, uh, for two turns because you can use Yuna's ability on your turn, and then you can use it on their turn. And if you have a uh, Opus Four Nono set up when you attack reactivate a backup, you're reactivating Astrologian. So maybe you could do it again on their turn. You're reactivating Waka if you want to buff your guys. So that's another combo that you got uh, that you got there. Now, do you ever hail, hail Mary and just kind of check the card on the top of your deck? Because if it's not a backup, you have to put it into the break zone, or it's a summon, so I can cast it. But yeah, well, I'm just saying, like, let's say you don't have, you know, you just have the Astrologian out and you're like, oh, okay, I, I need, um, I want to turn this one, a... I want to turn this one CP into two CP. 
there's definitely times like that. Um, typically not early game because there's no need for it. But if I'm late game and I'm just, I need something, I need an answer, I need a good EX burst, then yeah, I'll, uh, I'll Hail Mary it. Okay, well, riddle me, riddle me this. What if oh, you flip... Riddle uh, me this. Okay, so it's... um, You use Yuna's ability. It reveals the Opus 2 rare pain, the, the searcher one. And you're like, I don't want to draw that. Do you chuck it into your break zone using the Astrologian? Am I completely set up? Like, do I have the unit? Yeah, like, is, the is there a scenario where you would ever just be like, now nah, pass on that card? Oh, for sure. Yeah. If, if Actually, I already have my stuff, I'd, I'd eat the pain or I'd eat the six backup I don't need for sure. What if you, okay, here's another one. You don't have, I know this, these are so niche. I was going to say, if you have a summon <laughs> and then you're like, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to, put that summon into our break zone so I have three to recur Yuna, but you might just cast it anyway, so it's like, well, okay. No, it doesn't really matter. Uh, okay, so one more thing here. You have a card in your backup lineup. That, okay. Uh, personally, I think is a big no-no. What drugs are you on? <laughs> um, I'll have what he's having. In, in all seriousness... No No is a super fun card, and I used to play it in Mono Wind, and I've since fallen out of love with it. I think that it's a it's a really greedy card, and that of course you're going to be successful with it, and you're going to feel really good about it. But there's lots of games where playing a three CP backup uh, that doesn't do anything, that loss of CP is really crucial. Um, but when we've played, it's been fairly useful for you so how do you feel about the card overall i'm feeling pretty good about it um yet you're right three cp is expensive for something that comes in and sits there on its ass but um if it reactivates the astrologian or the waka that same turn let's say um then it becomes relevant instantly because then i can use astrologian again which is a key component to the unicombo where i can use waka again so say tap walk or uh, gotta stop saying that word dull waka yeah buff unit to 7k swing with yuna reactivate waka boom it's an 8k and then all of a sudden that 2k that's very relevant because if you're trading up your two drop that you can recur every five seconds with a you know their four drop something feels good and sometimes you float cp right sometimes you attack with all your 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 uh, forwards and you don't really need to play something with the reactivated CP, but then you have something like Archer that you can get after people with and spend that CP if you need to. So I think that the no-no definitely works very well in this deck, and I do not fault you for putting it in there. No, it's, it's an investment, but I think it pays off in the end. Yeah. So any... like you're, you're making that CP back. Any changes that you're looking at for this deck? Because this is very much a deck in progress for you. It a, is. Um, a DIP, if, if you will. You're a dip. <laughs> <laughs> um, there, I do want to put in the Layla Viking, Cloud of Darkness, Shenags in here. I just don't know what... Because it, it's a very small list of forwards. I'm only running 21 because you need a lot of summons. And 16 backups, you know, that's pretty uh, standard. I don't want a brick like I do every time I play you. 
but I really want the Cloud of Darkness engine in here. Um, but I don't know. I can't figure out where to go from how to get there. Like, do I cut the Zidane's? Do I cut the one Ash? Which you know, I'm, I kind of just threw in there because it's a good card. Um, do I drop down to two Finas? I I don't know. I think. Yeah, it's a really tight forward lineup. I think that you actually, you actually do cut like maybe one Zidane and and uh, like one Titus, one Ash. And, like there's three cards, but like you need six for the Layla Viking, and then you need like it's gonna be you almost can't do it without cutting on your summons or like fully removing certain pieces but i think that in a deck like this where you need to set up zidane is is very important as a disruption to your opponent's hand yeah exactly and it's not six it's so you got three for viking right maybe two for layla and then you probably want to run two cloud of darkness because you don't want to run just one so that's seven cards so then that's that's a third of my forward lineup so it's going to be tough if i want to try and squeeze that in there yeah no you're right that's gonna yeah i don't know that that would would end up working you could i mean do you do you need card draw or i guess you have lots of card draw too though i do yeah yeah so you know what that's something that we'll have to just uh test and and figure out one thing that has not worked for me at all has been fiend veil for because i've only ever tested this deck against you and i haven't pulled it off then again you're making me discard every five seconds so you know yeah, that's that not a good. You, the one thing about playing me, is that you've almost never been able to stockpile cards. Like you're a combo deck that literally can't do combo. combo. Like there's a reason Scale Toad is really, really strong. Its best matchup is against Windwater. So, you've literally just been testing against like one of your hardest matchups. So that's that's fine. Like when you play against other decks, you're gonna be you're gonna have like five card hands all the time, and you're gonna be able to hold on to a Fina, hold on to a Valfor. So we should actually test more with other decks. It, that was what locals was supposed to be this week, but we just didn't get out there. Yeah, uh, this week though, assuming you're not dying. Yeah, we'll be able to do it, and maybe we'll be putting some starter cards in there as well, since we neither of us have got our starter decks yet, right? Ooh, I didn't even think about anything like that. Yeah, the starter deck, I don't think the colors help you out that much. I was about to say, yeah, unless I wanted to... Yeah, no. I was thinking maybe could dodge, but... Yeah, but then, no, you can't do that. Well, then, I, you know, if you could put dark and light cards together, then... Oh, shoot, yeah, you're right. Cha- <laughs> chaos would be great, <laughs> the, new, the new chaos. Okay, um, in terms of uh, my dip, my deck in progress... It's fine. It's I I like it. I think it's great. I want to test it more. I, I don't think I need to change anything right now. This deck is perfect. Yeah, it's perfect. Okay, we are going to talk a little bit about some spoilers, and um, why don't you lead us off? So, uh, one card that I'm really excited about is uh, the new Orphan, which I'm surprised it's only a hero. So, um, Orphan reads 5 CP, 9k, on curve. 
when Orphan enters the field or at the beginning of your attack phase during each of your turns, choose up to two forwards or monsters opponent controls. Place one Doom counter on So counters are a thing now. Then, break all characters with three or more Doom counters placed on them. So, everyone might hate on this because uh, Diabolos is a thing. But, so it enters, right? So that's one Doom counter to everything. Then enter your attack phase. That's another Oh, it's a two things, I guess, right? Because that's two things in one turn. So then if it survives until your next turn, then it's... That's two forwards or monsters down. Right now, there. if you Renoa it, it applies. You could you could go. Um, wow! Oh, you're right. Orphan Renoa Unic. Go to attack phase, main phase two. Play Renoa, kill two things. Yep. So it really puts your opponent on a on a quick clock. Like you can also just do it double main phase, like Orphan Renoa past him. Attack phase. If they don't kill him by your pass to attack phase, then he kills two things. Although that is nine CP for for a, to kill two things, which is like Raiden level. But you get two forwards. That's the difference. Like you get two forwards, which is huge. Yeah. So yeah, you Une this even. I know that's also a big investment. Or Renoa it trading two forwards. I'd do that absolutely. It's actually easier to to Une this. Assuming you've set up, than it is to renew it. So yeah, and then so I th- after I that, it's just a game a, it's a time bomb. After that, exactly, because then they play another forward, and those doom counters are going to be coming by their next turn. That's mm-hmm. two more doom counters coming on your next turn. So I think that's going to be a scary card. And um, preview to another show. I think this card might change the meta. Yeah, big time, big time. Uh, so the first one I want to talk about is already out. It's Kadaj, the starter version, and we actually did have an ice version spoiled the other day. But this is a four, or sorry, a four CP dark card, uh, and I'm just gonna pull him up because I have all my notes, but I don't actually have the card in front of me. Uh, so he's a four CP dark forward with nine thousand power. So he's already above curve. He has EX burst when Kadaj enters the field. Select one of three of the following actions: choose one for a dullet. Choose up to two cards from either player's break zone, remove them from the game, and choose one forward until the end of the turn. It gains 2,000 power and brave. At the end of each turn, uh, you can remove him from the game, and if you do so, at the begin- at the end of your opponent's turn, you play him back onto the field. So, he's going to get his ETB uh, every turn, which is really great. It happens at the end of your opponent's turn so you can play him then and dull something that hasn't been dulled um, and you could remove things from the game and the give the 2000 power and brave actually lasts until the end of your turn so it's going to be powered up uh, until the next turn so it's a really versatile card and I really like it uh, not just because it's an EX burst but it, it just seems like super powerful super flexible you can leave it to block if you want to fork drop 9k you can just keep removing it constantly every turn if you're not in the pressure zone and just keep removing things from the game um, so this actually saw a lot of play yesterday in California at the card forge 1k and it was just removing uh, WAF cards it was removing Weewa summons and kind of just beating up on people so it's already seeing play and has already been confirmed to be um, a solid card for sure and correct me if I'm wrong so if it comes in 
on your the end of your opponent's turn, that means there's no summoning sickness for your turn for attacking. I believe that's right, yeah. Yeah, right? So, yeah, so, it, so it's going to be... Not only is he hiding from your opponent's summons and your ways to remove it, because it's obviously removed from the game, and then it comes back and it's it can attack, and it gets its uh, ETB every single turn, so... You know, Bananas. When, when you said hide, it just made me think that flavor-wise, wouldn't this have been really good on one of two Final Fantasy IV cards? This could have been a, a really cool, like, Edward card. He just, like, hides at the end of his turn, <laughs> right? And Or it could have been a really good Dragoon, like a really cool cane that just jumps Ooh. every turn. I like right? the idea of it being a Dragoon, yeah. Like that, I think Edward... I think um, Edward can get the heck out of my party. <laughs> I'm trying to work out how this is Kadaj. Like, he comes back from... Uh, I can't even think. Like, he, he kind of comes back from, like, Sephiroth, and then he's in the... I don't know. It's it's weird. So, anyway, this card looks super solid. It goes in literally every single deck as a tech card, and it just is is nice because I don't really see a downside to it besides just taking up a dark slot. Which is fine if you're not running more than... The one, Alex. yeah, and and uh, last set we had Hein and Reagan, and I was thinking like, these dark cards are so good, we're never gonna bump them out of decks. But now it's like, well, you know what? There's it's just a competitive slot. Like dark cards can be all really good because you're never gonna run all of them, and you're gonna have to pick and choose depending on the meta and depending on your own deck. So that's kind of uh, kind of interesting. Wow, these dark cards are never going to be replaced. They're so good. Kadash, hold my Mako. Now, yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> now, before <laughs> before um, I read the card fully, I thought it came in at the start of your turn. Um, so I had written down, I have it crossed out on my word. Uh, word processor, but the, I these niche. It, I literally labeled it niche plays, and I wrote down Airborne Trooper, Jake, and Knight from Opus Ten. So those are all cards that do something when a Ford of yours enters the field, but it doesn't matter if it's their turn. So no, so I, it comes in on their turn. Yeah, yeah. So those don't matter. Uh, but it was it was still fun to try to think about like what would benefit from him entering the field. Um, your deck. Yeah, awesome. Okay. Um, what do you have for your next card? Um, next card I want to talk about is Unaleska. So cards that create new decks, I instantly love. Um, yeah, so we had somewhat of a, this, a summoner deck could be coming, could be coming, coming, oh my goodness. Could be coming with um, wow. the... I, I worked late last night. Leave me alone. <laughs> I need you to get all the way off my back. Uh, <laughs> um, a summoner's deck was kind of teased with the 3CP Braska uh, that decreases the uh, cost required for summoners by one. But now I think Unaleska makes that deck viable. So Unaleska reads, the cost required to cast your summons is reduced by one for each job summoner for forward you control so um and then when enters the field choose one summon in your vent, uh break zone place it at the bottom of your deck so that's kind of irrelevant it's cute but whatever we're really in it for the first one so you have that you have um 
I just realized it was a four. It was only a forward summoners, but oh well. So you get this, and you get the um, two CP Yuna, which I've been playing around with, and all of a sudden, Fanfords cost one. So have a Viking out there, or have your six CP Titus out there, and your because this is a Final Fantasy ten card as well, category ten card. So that decreases the cost of Titus. Um, one cost Fanfrit. Yuna goes to the break zone. Draw two cards. That's that's value. <laughs> that's good stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, and I, I think this card is just perfect. Like, there, there. It's a four CP eight K. So they're making you like it's not going to be good to just play. You have to have Braska. Without Braska, this is going to be bordering unplayable because of that's just a steep card to, to try to play that doesn't immediately do something um and i actually that last bit of text when unilesca i was on sorry when unilesca enters the field choose one summon in your break zone place it at the bottom of your deck that actually i think that's a nerf to playing it with light una they're trying to make it so the light una play isn't too easy right because then there goes one thing to uh bring her back now, overall, I don't think that's going to be the end of the world because you're going to play so many summons, and it's actually going to be really nice when you go to uh, to kind of a deck out battle that you're drawing some summons, possibly some removal that you can use to win the deck out because maybe you've played a couple of Unalescas, but I think that this is just such a well-printed card. Like it's It's neat. I'm really excited to see your summoner deck after this. Yeah, because you also so you play with Braska, so that makes her uh, three CP. Makes Light Yuna one CP. If you want to play the Legendary Yuna that's coming out this Opus, which I have mixed feelings on right now, um, that makes it cheaper. Um, your backups, uh, backup Icos cost one or one or two, depending on which one you want to play. You're probably going to play the two CP one, so that costs one. So I mean, you're things get cheaper, and I think that there's a deck to be had here and plus the art is super sexy so even if you're losing you can console yourself in that you gotta love that mobius art i remember uh pulling that card in mobius and realizing it wasn't rare or good <laughs> <That was disappointing. laughs> no nope, fair enough it's good uh, for the eyes yes yeah a lot of the mobius cards are uh okay so the card i've picked is chaos uh it's the dark hero card for the set it is a one cp dark backup job chaos and he's got some abilities so when chaos enters the field choose one forward of cost five or more in your break zone you may pay x and when you do so if its cost is x play it onto the field um he has an action ability three and dull or and then remove him from the game choose one character your opponent controls remove it from the game so these are some really powerful abilities, but when you actually break it down, they're fine, and it's still like obviously a very cool card. But it's gonna be it's you'll have to build around this. So what I mean is is that it's not actually gonna be easy to play because you need to have the CP to play a forward of cost five, and that forward of cost five has to be in your break zone already it does give you that removal option so that you can just play this as a one CP backup if you're tight and then use it for removal later. But that removal is actually pretty steep at four CP. So when you remove uh, this card from the game or 
sorry, when you use it to remove someone from the game, it's like you're casting a, a four CP Odin. Now this can target monsters or backups, which is great again, but you just have to make sure that it's really worth it. Like for example, would you really pay four CP losing a backup to remove a rampier from the game? Your opponent might actually, they won't be able to pull their rampier combo off, but they might actually be behind or you might be behind in, in CP expenditure. So uh, it's a really it's a really tricky card. You have to use it properly, but I think that it's going to u- add pretty nice removal and recursion into any element. Um, I think I think it's a definite. Uh, it's a great win condition. So you remove something from the game, and then yeah, oh you yeah, can swing out. Or it's just like a desperate play. Like I just need to remove something because I got nothing else going on. But if you remove something like a. Um, 5 CP Yuna, uh, you can use it to remove something like a Maria, um, like a 4 CP Snow backup. Like there's some really good backup targets that you don't lose CP on necessarily that are that are pretty neat. Um, now, if you're going to play this, you can play it in any element, but you're unlikely to be playing any dark forwards with this because the other chaos is the chaos that uh, lets you play multiple dark things. Uh, so unless you're running Spiritus, you're generally not going to be playing this with dark forwards, although it could technically bring back a dark forward. You generally want to hit an odd costed card, so a five or a seven cost card that has an ETB, haste, or protection. So a six CP card makes is very difficult to play off of playing a backup, a one CP backup as well. So that's where it kind of gets tricky. You want to play this on four backups as your fifth backup. So you tap one for the chaos, and then you have three backups up uh, to do one discard and play out your five CP card. So I li- I have a bunch of targets here. So f- in fire. Ignacio and Cloud are both pretty solid targets. Nail would be neat, but because of the uh, the draw from it. But again, that's six CP. Uh, in Ice, you got Kuja and seven CP. Sephiroth, you got Azure Dragoon. Uh, Wind doesn't actually have a good five CP target, so you have stuff like Fina and Vaughn, but you're probably not in dark for Wind anyway. Um, yeah, I was thinking. I was thinking about Fina as a yeah uh, bring back target. It's just that then you have to pitch an extra card from hand or like you play it off three. Like you're going to be floating CP. It's it's a lot. It's doable, but it's just really awkward. Earth Earth has stuff like Delita, Cecil, the starter Barrett. Would, that's a really good combo, getting that starter Barrett out over and over to just keep like in a Final Fantasy VII deck. That's great. Like Rydia, a really easy way to play back Rydia. Um, sorry, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you talk. I just need to finish this list, okay? <laughs> <laughs> no, go uh, ahead. Lightning's got a lot of good targets. We've got Estinian, uh, Fusilia, Fel Thanos, Man in Black, uh, the Opus Ten Ramza that recurs a Final Fantasy Tactics from your break zone. Like those are all gonna be really good. And then Water, and I thought of this earlier when we were talking about your deck. This thing can bring back Lena, that brings back another card. And it could bring back Cloud cloud of Darkness for removal. It can bring back Ico and draw a Search of Summon. And then that Ico is going to draw you a card. It can bring back Ultros. Like one of the things about playing Ultros is once you run out of all three of them, you're like, well, crap, that was really good until I lost them. Uh, but having this 
one CP card that's going to replay your Cloud of Darkness's Lenas and Ultroses. Like, I think that I'm going to try Mono Water with this Chaos as soon as the set comes out. Sounds good. I can't <laughs> wait. Sorry, that was that was a tangent. I like wrote basically wrote an article uh, about it. Um, if you guys didn't know, he's a teacher, so I this is a look into his classroom. Uh, yeah. Did I say anything? Is there anything I didn't say that you want to comment on? <laughs> no, I think you covered it, buddy. <laughs> okay. Uh, what do you think? Do you want to do another one, or are we running out of time? Um, I think we got time for one more each. Okay, let's do it. Um, so another card that's getting introduced that is creating a new deck. Um, it's I don't think it's going to be a very good deck, but it creates a uh, Guardians tier um, deck, and that's Nyx, making the uh, Kingsglaive deck. So when Nyx enters the field, put one job Kingsglaive you control in the break zone. When you do, choose one forward, break it. And then, uh, when the job Kingsclave, other than Nyx, you control is put from the field to the break zone. So, like one of the two actions, Nyx gets haste, um, or choose one forward, dull it. So, that's okay already because he comes in and he breaks the forward and then he gets haste or dull. So, he kind of combos off of himself. But then you pair that with. Oh my goodness, it's not on the FF Dex page. Why do we plug you so much? <laughs> Oh, there's uh, uh, there's two of them. So I actually have them right. Um, I think. Um, Perfect. Can you please read Crow? Yeah. So we have what's the Luch is the one of them, right? And then Crow's the other one. Okay. So Crow yeah. is a two CP backup, uh, and she's also Kingsclave. When Crow is put from the field into the break zone, choose one forward in your break zone, add it to your hand, and she has a dull break ability to choose one forward and dull it. So you use Nyx, break Crow, get something back from your break zone, and then Nyx end up, ends up being a kind of two, pseudo 2CP two forward because you're getting that card back from breaking um, Crow. Uh, then he gets haste, and off he goes swinging. So yes, you lose a backup, but you're also gaining a character back from your hand. So maybe you already have another Crow or something else in your... Uh, break some, and you're just getting it back, and you can just play it on your next turn. So I one think that thing, that's. Yep. Sorry to jump in there. One thing about the crow I didn't mention: she's three CP. So when you get that card back, you're actually paying for her uh, to be a traditional like pseudo one CP backup. Uh, so the next is the, whatever way you want to spin it. Your next can be a, a two CP forward if you want, but then you've paid a full three CP for crow or your crow could then be redeemed as a one CP backup, but your next was full cost, but that's still fine. Cause he broke something. <laughs> I'm spinning it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's a very lightning card. It's just break something without too much of a, without any restrictions. And then it gets haste. So, I mean, if you're lightning, that's, that's what you want to do, right? Yeah, and uh, the other Kingsglaive is pretty unremarkable in terms of his abilities, but he is a 2CP backup, so just another option for you to break. For sure. Uh, yeah, that's kind of the thing that is holding me back from Kingsglaive, is it not being a very powerful deck, is, okay, so the Nyx Crow interaction isn't god-awful, but there's no other cool interactions like that that but we'll we've seen see. so far. Yeah, we'll see if there's more. There's always Bart's. Bart's is pretty great. He has all the jobs. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> okay, final one that we're going to look at uh, is Ursula. She's the Earth, one of the Earth legends for the set, and she's a 4CP, 5K forward job monk. When Ursula enters the field, choose one job monk or card named monk of cost two or less in your break zone and play it to the field. So that means that you can uh, like just pitch a 2CP monk to play her and then just play it onto the field instead. So that's really nice during the early game to play a forward and a backup. She has the ability to uh, put one job monk or card name monk other than Ursula into the break zone. Choose one of the two following actions. Until the end of the turn, Ursula gains 4,000 power and brave, making her 9k brave. Uh, or choose one forward, deal it damage equal to Ursula's power, but she's only a 5k. So you have to work around those abilities. Uh, I like the first one because you're just always threatening that on attacks or blocks, and your opponent is going to have to think about it. But you have to be careful because, again, it's one of those cards you have to weigh out. Because if you, your opponent just might be like, great, sack a monk and I'll, I'll chump block, and then you've lost a backup or a forward or something, and that was fine for me. So... You have to be really careful about weighing that out. I think the second ability is going to be pretty neat with like Anna Crow uh, out or Ingus out and you can get her to a 6 or a 7k or playing her with something like Wall to give her a 2k boost. You're going to have to do something, but it's going to be pretty sweet. You could do Lease in Earth Fire Monks and that's actually kind of neat because uh, Sabin and his teacher I can't, i'm totally blanking on his name right now are both uh oh duncan are both monks duncan. as well so you get monk synergy through those guys and you have monks searching through matt um but then if you're going to play matt i think you gotta go earth wind with star sybil because matt is preferably a star sybil target but then you get maria so i think if you go it's going to be a dual color monk deck and both earth fire and earth wind give you um, unconditional anthem abilities that affect all your forwards. So I'm pretty excited to try both of those. Uh, and I think it could get pretty out of hand if you use the Opus 9 Yang that uh, makes monks uh, into removal options. One last thing, Princess Sarah is another way to get this girl going power-wise. Like You can kind of buff her up in a mono. If you wanted to do mono-earth monks, then that would also be an option for you. Wow, spoiling two cards in one, one go there. Yeah, man. Well, that's what, hey, you did that the Kingslave, so you know. Oh yeah, rabble, rabble, rabble. Yeah, yeah. So you know I what? Feel like... <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. You you picked this card because it was uh, category four. Yeah, and Earth. And Earth. Yeah, so I sure did. Yeah, you gonna put this in your mono Earth? Um, well, I think I'm going to try building those. I actually already built an Earthwind list, uh, but I haven't seen the whole set yet, so it's not done. But um, I'm definitely going to try dip. this out. It's a dip. This is going to, I'll tell you right now, this is going to be a cheap legend to buy. You're not going to have to break the bank to get this girl. Yeah, the fact that this is a legend is pretty underwhelming, but it's, you know, it does some things. It has a lot of text on it, I but just... I don't think it's a legend quality. <laughs> I should do the film move and just kind of wait a couple months till it's like t two cents on Troll and Toad and then buy it then. That's that's a very frugal thing of you to do. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we talked a lot about a lot of fun cards today. Kadaj is probably the only one that's a standout meta card on its own. The rest of them are, are 
build around cards that are going to be super fun. Uh, so that's pretty exciting. And Opus 11 isn't that far away. It's just uh, midway through March it's coming out, and we'll be able to start testing these decks and sharing them with you. So that's pretty exciting. So excited. I'm so kind of rattled that it was like, oh, there's going to be more FF9 cards. And who did we get? Black Mage Soldier, a crappy Kuja, <laughs> and I believe that's about it. I'm kind of coming around on that Kuja a little bit, and it's, it is cool to see in, in a different element, but uh, but yeah, it's not yeah, what I was expecting. I think we, uh, we talked about that like a month ago. We were like, it's true. what I element said, would you see Kuja in? And I said Lightning. Yeah, you did. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I should get an award or something. I think you should just go work for Square Enix. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. That's it for this week's episode of the Mycidian Legend. Don't forget to use that promo code PORUMPALUM10 at cardsofulis.com to get your discount. And you can check out uh, my articles at themycidiapost.com and check us out on YouTube as well. And, you know, throw a like and a, a subscribe and all that stuff to show your support. Um, and then finally, we're going to thank FFDex because they're putting all the spoilers, almost all the spoilers up on the website. I mean, those other ones came out yesterday, so I don't really blame them. But that's something that they didn't used to do, and not everybody does that. So, F yeah, FFDex. F yeah, FFDex. Okay, well, thank you so much for listening, Mycidians. Uh We'll see you next time. And uh, David, sign them off here. Uh, how can I not remember what we call it? <laughs> Goodbye, Mysidians, and we'll see y'all next week.